that stare but you can count on this being another episode of american brews and tunes yeah. here's a theme song you know it's not a mean song it's a good song just as it should song american brews and tunes and we're back Ooh, this man. is episode number 69 of American Brews and Tunes. Oh, yeah. It's a one-off, everybody. Yep. A one-off. More like a fun-off, <laughs> if you catch my drift. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> like all other one-offs, we're going to be reviewing one beer and one album. That is correct. The album that we've been listening to is Blink-182's 2003 masterpiece, the Untitled Album. I would agree with that statement. On all um, accounts. Same here. Triple agree. <laughs> I would agree on your agreeal. Is that a word? Agreeal? Agreeal? Agreement. Yeah, agreement is what you'd use. Agreeing there, nature. You're uh Agreeal. I like that word. Agreeal. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a... Well, it's, it's a word. It's a word now. You just said it. It's a word. Well, words aside, we'll uh, we'll get back to that Blink-22 album. But first, as we always do, let's, let's talk about the beer. Yeah. What are we having today? Um, we're having a... Big bold stout from Evil Twin Brewing. It seems like it's going to be a massive stout. And we've we've had some of their big beers before. They're potent. They're imperial yeah. stouts. They're imperial IPAs. Very potent. Pretty much anything imperial from Evil Twin is usually over the top. Would you say it's almost evil? How over the top it is. Yeah, it is evil. Um, but this one in particular has got uh, it's got a lot going on. It's got a long name. Uh, the title is Imperial Biscotti Bourbon Maple Syrup Barrel Aged. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the title is a mouthful, I'm sure the beer will be a mouthful as well. Yeah, but uh, it, it's a pretty potent uh, brew coming in at 11.5 percent. Yes, um, I would say it's probably going to be a sipper. I think so. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be very thick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be fairly sweet with the maple syrup I think so. I think and the biscotti. Be, I'm, I'm hoping that the biscotti gives it a little bit of a breadiness. But I hope the I'm, bourbon comes through. I'm, I'm sure it will. And I'm also opening, hoping, <laughs> hoping, you were about to open the beer, so I combined hoping and opening. <laughs> opening. Uh, it's a grand opening, everybody. <laughs> a grand opening. Gather around for the grand opening. Um, I'm hoping that it's only a slight maple. I love maple. So slight can... enough to get a good taste of it, but, but not I don't want it to be over- overpowering. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, here's uh, what they say. Imperial Porter aged in bourbon flavored maple syrup barrels. Bourbon flavored maple, maple syrup, bar- syrup barrels? Yeah, so I don't know what that means, but... I don't know what that means either. And I'm not about to investigate... No. I'm about to hope in this brew. <laughs> Gonna hope in it up and pour it. It smells and then taste it. It smells like all those real potent um uh like the the barrel aged all, all the normal kind of like, like a KBS or the, the Goose Island Bourbon County. Yeah. All the normal uh smells that you get yeah, from so, one of those. So I'll go ahead and pour this. Let's do it up. Well, wow, I pour so fast. Dude, you really do. 
You can call me the Poor Master 3000. Poor Master 4000. It's over 3000. <laughs> well, why don't we give it a sniff first before we try it? Yes. And before we cheers. Even though we're not drinking this out of snifter glasses. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just got I have to make an announcement. Okay. <laughs> this is the first beer I've had in almost three weeks. Oh, yeah. That, that, very, very true. I gave up recreational beers for Lent. Yeah. I'm not Catholic. I just wanted to give something up for the sake of it. How's it been going? It's rough, man. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to concerts, uh, going to everywhere. comedy shows or, or or whatever. We went to we played at a house show where everyone yeah. was drinking beer. I was like, I can't have any. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. So I'm, I'm excited to enjoy a beer for the podcast. Yeah. And then I won't have another one until the next episode. Yep. Unfortunately. But it I'm going to good. enjoy this one. I think you probably will. It, Based it, on the it smell. Good. I'm getting that bourboniness that you would get from like the KBS or the Goose Island. Yep, I'm definitely I don't getting know. that bourbon. Are you getting maple? I'm not sure if I am very much. I feel like I'm probably not going to get much in the ways of smelling maple, but I'm guessing we're going to be tasting maple. It's also not a good time to be smelling with the, the springtime coming on and all the yeah, allergies. The pollen down here in Nashville is uh, yeah. a lot worse than other places I've lived. Is, is it the first day of spring today? Yes. Or it was yesterday. I can't remember. Either 21st or 22nd. But either way, this smells delicious. It's as dark as night. Um, it is. I'm excited to see how bold it is. I'm expecting yeah. a really bold I'm flavor. expecting I'm going to have to probably take like a five second break. Yeah. Whenever I to try to figure out what flavors are going on. And while you take that five second break, I'll fill the air. Okay. <laughs> well, That's as we fart. always say on American Brews and Tunes, <laughs> not, not that kind of fill the air. But maybe. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> fill, fill the air with farts. <laughs> Different kind of air to fill. I did have some kale last week. Like, I had kale three days in a row. Did you get the kale farts? Badly. Really? Yeah, like to the point where if you don't let them rip, you get a tummy ache. Ooh. Yeah. That's real bad. Like, they weren't really enjoyable farts. They were just like, I had to pass them because I didn't want to get a stomach ache. Yeah, I'm sure some farts actually are kind of enjoyable, right? I'm You're definitely like, 100% sure. <laughs> I enjoy a good one. They're like, all right, here it comes. <laughs> and then you're like, ah. Uh, and they just sound hilarious. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> when it's not enjoyable is when it's a shart. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. You, I always have... I, I did. I can usually tell like 99.99% of the time if it's going to be a shart and I'll not. Yeah. I won't roll the dice. Yeah. Sometimes I can tell... But sometimes I'm less fortunate. And by that, I mean one time I was less fortunate. <laughs> That's all it takes is one time, yeah. one bad time. And that, that, that kind of skews the data. Yeah, it's real. it was bad. But enough talk about charts. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> as we always say on American Brews and Tunes before we try our beer. Down the hatch with this big old beer. Well, it doesn't feel as thick as I was anticipating, but still thick. I was expecting it to feel sludgier. It's sweeter than I was expecting as well. Hmm. Very, very oh. sweet. Um, All right, now that you've filled the air and my five seconds are up. Yeah, you give your thought and I'm going to give another sip and, and yeah, think about it. It, uh, it kind of moves like molasses through your palate. The um, like a the flavor, flavor wave of yeah, flavor yeah. wave yeah it like starts in the front like on your tongue with like that kind of breadiness from mm -hmm. the biscotti and then it, it kind of moves into like a bourbon that's where you get the bourbon the bourbon central 
and then it kind of moves away in the back of your mouth into like a chocolate almost and, and then a slight little bit of maple sweetness at the yeah. end is what i'm getting yeah um I'd i think it tastes pretty, pretty good yeah i'm, I'm enjoying this it's but a it really definitely is beer. this beer's flavor comes in waves yeah Comes in the flavor waves. comes in waves, in waves, ooh, 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 ooh. and the flavors come in waves. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go in for my second sip, too. I'm enjoying it. It's it's very sweet. Um, I think if I had a choice, I would tone down the sweetness a little bit, but I'll make do and manage, you know? Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, definitely. Shall we jump into this uh, phenomenal now, album? Yeah. All right, Blink-182's... 2003 masterpiece, the Untitled album. Um, some people will argue that it's self-titled, uh, that it's called Blink-182, Blink-182. Um, Not But correct. that is technically incorrect. Uh, it's been confirmed by members of the band that it is, in fact, untitled. And the reason for that was because they had just put out two hugely successful albums, the first being Enema of the State, the second being Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Yeah. Um, very comical titles and mm-hmm. they felt like there was a lot of pressure to live up to the name and they were trying to branch out musically and they didn't want yeah th- that to be like one of the main focuses so they just left it untitled mm. to focus on the music and then the re- the confusion comes in where they have to like have a title for like record label purposes and whatnot. yeah like if you go into a store and like, you look at the very top where there's that sticker it usually would say blink 182 and then the album title and they they want to put something for the album title to, to categorize it or classify it or catalog it, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so most places I've seen will call it Blink-182, Blink-182, yeah. even though it's technically Blink-182. Incorrect. Yeah, just Blink-182 untitled. Yep. Um, this was <clears throat> their fifth album. Fifth album. Yeah. Um, some people may argue the album numbers because their, their first demo, um, Buddha, there's a contention whether it's an album or not, but we're not going to get into schematics. Semantics. Semantics. Schematics. We're not going to get into schematics. Semantics here. here. Um, <laughs> it is, however, their first departure as a, a full band, Blink 182, from that classic pop punk sound that they kind of pioneered. Yep. I'd say they kind of, they're not the only ones who created that, but I feel like they really put it into the mainstream and mm-hmm. kind of made that sound their own. Yeah. Um, so and too. this album breaks apart from it in a big way. Um, they kind of branched out into some, some darker sounds. Very much darker sounds. Uh, they explored more expansive arrangements. Mm-hmm. Um, musically, um, sonically, yeah, structurally. Way more like textures. It's not just a simple uh, electric... Guitar, like, bass, th- drum. Yeah, overdriven guitar, yeah. bass, guitar, drums. Maybe a lead line. There's there's a lot going yeah. on. Um, I think that a big chunk of this sound shift came from the side projects that came out right before this album. So in between yeah. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and, and this album, um, I don't know what Mark was doing, but Travis had joined the Transplants. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of a hip-hop punk. They do that one song the on the woo, commercial. Woo, the Garnier Fructis yeah. commercial from way back. They've got like rap and it. It's a more hip-hop focus, I'd say, but Tim Armstrong from Ranson's in it. Interesting experiment. Um, and Tom and Travis also had a different side project called Boxcar Racer. Mm-hmm. Um, and from Travis's account, they were trying to to branch off in some of like the post-punk, like the hardcore sounds and trying to, to experiment with that stuff that Tom didn't think would fit in with Blink necessarily. Yeah. Um, 
But had the, that been released as a Blink album, I think it still would have been a perfect bridge between Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and the Untitled mm. album, because I think it fits fairly well. Um, definitely some experimentation on that record. Um, but they took it even farther on the Untitled album. Um, <clears throat> the recording was a project in itself. Yeah, it's a very long project. And if you're ever curious about the actual recording, they had a documentary, whatever you want to call it, a little document special. <laughs> I was going to call it a docu-series, but I corrected myself because it's just one, one yeah, episode. Yeah, like a 45-minute episode. Um, it was made by MTV called, make, is it called like Making the Album? Um, album Launch or something like that? Album Launch. If, if you go on YouTube and type in Blink-182 Album Launch MTV, you'll find it. So yeah. maybe like a 30-40-minute yeah. thing. And it just follows them through the recording process. And they did a really unorthodox approach where they kind of rented out a house mm-hmm. and converted it into a studio. Yes. Uh, they wrote as they recorded. They didn't go in having a full record already written. Yeah. Um, ended up getting kicked out of one house, had to go into a different house. Mm-hmm. It was just a very long, almost like a year-long process. Yeah, I think it was like 250-some days. Yeah, and they were they so... Spent doing that? They were doing their final mixes like hours before they had to turn in the... Uh, the, the the masters to Geffen, David Geffen, DG, whatever the record label is, Geffen Records. Yeah. Um, so they they really worked hard on this, and mm-hmm. it, it does show. Yeah, it really does. Um, I think it's a great album, but it's their last album before they had a, a fairly lengthy hiatus. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of rift and stuff in the band's minor turmoil. Um, plus, they've been touring nonstop, and they've just been. They all had families, and they were married and having kids. Yeah. Um, so they went on a hiatus for five years or so after this album came out. Those are the dark days, if you ask it's me. It's a fairly long hiatus. Yeah, I was not happy about it. But good things happened in between. Uh, Mark and Travis had Plus 44. Great band. Tom did Angels and Airwaves. Also a great band, but some questionable releases. Um, but shall we dive a little bit more into the Untitled album? Let's do it. Let's uh, branch out. I'm not giving ratings. I think the album should be listened to front to back, but I will say my favorite songs. Okay. I am going to pick a couple to recommend just because I feel like I have to. Okay. And uh, the first uh, one that I recommend is the first song. <laughs> is the first song. Fe- Feeling uh, this. this. Yeah. Yeah. What a great song. It is a great song. It's doom, doom, huge, doom, very popular. Doom, You've doom, probably heard it before. Doom, if not, look it up. Doom, doom, doom. Um, very catchy. It's the first single that was released from the album. Um, I think it, this is around the time that file sharing was big, so I think this kind of got oh, leaked on the internet maybe. Okay. Um, but if you were a big fan of Blink-182 and knew all this, their couple albums before and you heard this, you're like, whoa, this is... Much different. Much, much different. Um, yeah. It's that, that first kind of taste that the album's not going to be the same. And this one's one of the more pop-punky sounding songs yeah, on the record. So it definitely is. So they've yeah. only got more changes to come. Um, the verses, like the, there's that uh, guitar part, the... And that kind of goes into the uh, the verse... And then the chorus, they kind of switched up with like almost like a Latino sounding drum beat, cowbell, and, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a weird thing. Tom and Travis each wrote uh, their their own parts that they sing respectively and kind of brought them together. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both about different aspects of love, however you will, however you may. Um, but the drumming's killer on this album. Yeah. Like on this song. Is, well, yeah, and, and just the whole album. The whole album. Well. Travis is a, a great drummer, but that when it starts off with that drum beat, it's almost like there's there's a little bit of a flange on the the uh, recording. So when you hear the drum beat, it's going it's got that like, a f- I don't want to call it a phaser because it's a flange. Yeah. But it goes like, kind of like getting affecting mm. the the sound of the drums. And it's if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go and listen to it. The drums in that first like 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. And it you'll, you'll know what I mean. It's pretty it's pretty clear. Yeah. 
this is the song that kind of thrust me into my love of Blink-182. Mm. I had already liked their stuff before. Um, I, like I knew all the small things. I knew What's My Age Again, Adam's Song. I knew all the, the big singles because yeah. I listened to them on the radio and I saw them on TV. Um, and my, my parents wouldn't let me get the, the records because of the uh, parental all stickers. Because of all the swearing. Yeah. And so I had to get the Now CDs to <laughs> kind of find them. Until I found out that you could get the edited versions at Walmart. So I started buying those for oh. a little while. <laughs> um, but my guitar teacher in sixth grade taught me feeling this on guitar. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. I, and then typically when he would teach me a song, that would justify me asking my mom if I could go buy the album. Oh, really? <laughs> so I bought this album and I was like, this is great. I can play all the songs on here. Um, and then I went back and bought all their, their records and, and realized I don't need someone to teach me these songs. They're so easy. Yeah. <laughs> I could play a whole record in one sitting. Yeah. Um, so I, I credit this song and this album for kickstarting my love of Blink-182. Yes. The beginning of a beautiful relationship, if you will. <laughs> um, but that's, that's kind of my relationship with this song. I think it's great. Um, one of my favorite songs. The outro of this song is so good. Yeah. Uh, it's got... A lot of crazy instrumental. The drums are going insane, but there's a two or three part harmony on the chorus, and then two other vocal lines being yeah. panned at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's not really like call and response, but it's like uh, they just have they counterpoint each other almost a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it just it sounds so awesome. And if you're just like listening to it like in a car, you just boost the the, the volume in the last part you're like, and oh, sing. It sounds so good. Sing along with multiple different parts as so as good. it go- ends. Great song. Yeah, the production value is great on here. Which it's worth noting that this was the final album produced by Jerry Finn. Uh, final Blink One Eighty Two album produced by Jerry Finn. Yeah, um, he had produced their past two or three records. Um, very notable, notable name in, in like the pop punk scene, mm-hmm. punk scene. Um, but he passed away in two thousand seven or eight. I can't remember. Brain aneurysm, which is crazy. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move on to track number two, which is called okay. Obvious, and it's obvious that that's my second uh, recommendation. Oh, really? The first two songs? <laughs> yeah, they're great. Um, Are you gonna do like a thing where you say you're gonna like recommend a few songs, but then you're just gonna continuously recommend every single song? No, I probably recommended four, maybe five. Okay. I tried to limit myself. Okay. Um, but it's difficult on this one. Um, but <laughs> Obvious is a great song. Uh, this kind of opens the the post punk like dark sound. Yeah, it I has think. that like really chunky is it a bass or a guitar playing in the beginning i believe it's a baritone guitar i think it's a baritone yeah because it sounds a lot lower than a normal guitar yeah um for those of you who don't know what a baritone guitar is i believe it has a little bit of a longer neck yeah longer neck i think it just brings it down heavier strings maybe um i don't know about the heavier strings it might just bring it down like they might just insert like three Lower notes, three uh, frets. I do think you need to get special three addition. You strings probably have to get special strings. Yeah, so you, you can play a guitar, but it's going to be lower in the register yeah. if you're in the standard whatever that baritone tuning is. So like your lowest note instead of being an E, would be like maybe a B or something. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But if you listen to the guitar on here, it sounds really deep, um, and it it adds that nice tone that that really pushes this song forward. I think. Um, the chorus, uh, I think, is is probably one of my favorite parts in this song. The it's obvious. I think that's great. But later on in the song, uh, they repeat the chorus, but they put another vocal line over it. I saw you again and again and again. That's a route to move on, to move on, to move on. It's obvious. And they put those two lines together. Those lines go together very well. Yes, they do. But anyways, 
uh, thematically, the song is about a guy who's found out that his significant other is cheating on him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's what it's about. <laughs> and he's trying to see if they can reconcile, if that's even yeah. possible. Like that last line is, how do we fix this if we never had vision? Yeah. If, if we, does that mean if we didn't have the foresight for this? If we, if we yeah, or if just didn't I can't see this coming? Just couldn't see it yeah. before. So it's... I guess. Dark theme for a dark song. Great song, though. It is a great song. Fantastic song. Let's move on to track number three, which is called I Miss You. Not one of my choices. I miss you, miss you. Um, This is the second single that was released. uh, And again, another huge hit. hit. Um, Most people probably know this song, uh, even if they're not huge Blink fans. It was a big radio hit. Mm -hmm. Um, Similarly to feeling this, Tom and Mark both wrote their individual parts and then kind of brought them together. Hmm. If you listen to their their verses, they're very different. Yeah, um, and it it's just it's it's great, especially when Tom comes in. Where are you? Yeah, I'm over here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like that meme. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mark sings much deeper. Yep. Hello there, angel <laughs> from my nightmare. Classic, classic. The shadow in the background of the morgue. This is a much morgue. softer song, definitely um, than probably most songs on this album. Um, yeah, I believe all the instruments, other than the drums, uh, were acoustic. But he did mm-hmm. use brushes on the drums instead of drumsticks. Oh, really? um, there was an upright bass, acoustic guitar, um, and it, there's a string section that comes in a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Such a, a well-produced song, um, very iconic. Um, it's an all-around fantastic song. Yeah about i think breakup and missing a girl mm-hmm. and at this point she's only a voice inside tom's ed yeah. you know his night is ed yeah if, if you listen to the song tom, tom sings with a weird accent me, you're already a voice inside my yed my yed whoever yed is yeah um but great song yeah fantastic song um moving on to track number four which is called violence oh yeah and if this i were to have recommendations I, I would recommend this yeah, one this is my next one so number f- so good. It's my third recommendation. Um, this, this is also also a very different sounding song. At least super in the verses. different, super different. Um, this song's about seeing a beautiful girl in a bar and falling for her, um, even though she kind of isn't really that into isn't really that into him or anyone in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a, it's a little obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the verses are Mark and Tom kind of talk singing a little bit in octaves yeah so they're they're just kind of doubling what each other is saying um over this little drum beat can't count on the eyes that's there can't count on the eyes that's see it's, it's just kind of an odd sounding mm. verse and you hear like this is really different down the drain one hour is a waste, waste of time. time i'd ask if you feel the same. same and they don't really talk about like right on by like these things normally in, in blink songs so the, yeah Thematically, this album just really like, takes would, a turn. I would imagine whenever like really hardcore Blink fans like got their hands on this album, they were like the first song they were playing, like "Oh, it's great." Second song they were playing, like, "Yeah, this is great." Third song they were like, "Oh, a little bit quieter, but this is still good." And then this song they were probably like, "What, what the, the heck? heck is this?" Yeah, like what's going on <laughs> it's here? So different, and it's got that real soft, strange yeah. verse, and the chorus comes out like a bomb. Mm-hmm. Tra- Travis hits that once, like snare it. <laughs> Dude, like violence, you held me forever and after. And he has those R's real strange, like forever. But that chorus is so good. And then the bridge comes 
later on, and it's super soft. Like this, mm-hmm. this song is just a wide, like array of dynamics. Yeah, um, I'm assuming that was probably the goal, uh, at least one of the goals in the yeah, song. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Like they, yeah. they probably wanted to do something completely different for the verse, and then be like, no, 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 we're still, we're, our whole song is not going to be like that. It's still going to be like a punk song. Yeah, in the like chorus, in the so chorus, catchy, yeah. so catchy. Um, this song ends with uh, what some people call the Stockholm Syndrome interlude. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, on like Spotify, it's separated as a separate track. Um, I don't know if mm-hmm. whatever you were listening to it on it is. It did as well, yeah. Um, I'm used to the old-fashioned medium, CDs. CDs, yeah. Uh, cassette tapes, vinyls, whatever you want to do. And it's always at the end of violence. It's connected to that song. Yeah. Um, and, and even listening, I listened to it on Pandora. And like mm-hmm. I could definitely like hear how it would disconnect, how it would connect. Oh, yeah. There's a piano yeah. part playing in the background, which is a piano part that has some of the melodies from Stockholm Syndrome, the song that's about to come. Mm-hmm. The do, 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 do. Like it's playing mm-hmm. that real slow and soft in the background while a lady comes in to read a letter. My dearest. Um, the lady is actually an actress named Joanne Wally. I didn't really know too much about her. I looked up her. I, know she I knew some of her stuff, but I'm not super familiar with her. Um, but the letter is from Mark Hoppus's grandfather to his grandmother during world world war ii okay i kind of figured there was something like that oh yeah it's about how he's like kind of depressed and missing her yeah um, but it's just kind of really cool that it's like a super personal letter yeah and because that lady's reading it you think it's who it was addressed to almost it mm-hmm. sounds honest um but that interlude part brings us to track number five which is stockholm syndrome oh, and it's yeah. my next recommendation so good um stockholm syndrome like the the thing that sticks out to me when I think about it is the arrangement is so odd. There's a lot yeah, of instrumental parts that are really cool, but if you not, were like if you were to do like A B like like versus chorus verse, it would be like A B A. It's like chorus, bridge, chorus almost. That's kind of like kind of a chorus, I guess. It's more of like a refrain, right? It's like refrain, verse or bridge. It's hard to say the next part and then refrain. Yeah. But there's musical interludes and musical parts in between that are really mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. This is a big song, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I they, they finally do some some more back and forth that I would like to hear from from Mark and Tom, uh, like like Mark will say one line and Tom will respond like this, this is, is the, the first thing, thing I remember. Now it's the last. They don't do it too thing often, but when they do, I love it. Like mm-hmm. pathetic on Dude Ranch, where yeah. every time I look for you on uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, yeah, such good because their voices are so different and just it really works together well. Um. Going off the title itself, Stockholm Syndrome, do you know what that is? Yeah, it's where the captive falls in love with her captor. Yes. Or their or captor, I mean. captor, we don't know. Yeah, their captor. But yeah, it's it's a, phono- it's not really a syndrome, I'd call it a phenomenon. When I think of syndrome, I think a medical issue. This is more a psychological issue. Yeah. Um, it's like a phenomenon where a hostage may sympathize with their captor. Yeah. It's a very strange thing because you think you would feel just disdain and, and hate towards someone yeah. who's holding you captive, but... It's, it does happen. There are actual accounts of it. Um, Mark said, and I'm about to read a quote here, This song is about paranoia, being afraid of the outside world, convinced that people can hear your thoughts. That's really a hmm. paranoid-sounding song. When you listen to the lyrics, you can really hear what he's talking about. I like that. I do, too. Um, great song, though. I really enjoy this song. Um, Fantastic. I think, does, is this the song where uh, Mark reaches like his highest register? You'll come with disappointment while well, I'm drowning in this. Yeah, yeah, he really hit some high notes for him. That's mm-hmm. I don't think I can sing those. For ones. Him, I, I saw him right do the song there. live once. He had to sing it an octave lower. That's I can't blame bad. him. 
I can't it's too bad. Him. Gotta save her voice for the rest of the show. Yeah, that's I w- true. I wouldn't call Mark Hoppus a vocal virtuoso. No. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's he's that's not the it's not the style. It's not you know. Yep, yep. It exactly. almost would be weird if he was. Yeah, if he was like a super good singer. <laughs> yeah, I don't want I don't want operatic vocal melodies on a Blink Way Two song. Mark Hoppus never sing opera. Yeah. Just keep doing what you're doing because it's great. As if Mark Hoppus <laughs> listens to this. <laughs> Mark Hoppus, please. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Let's move on to track number six. Let's do it. This is called Down, and it is the down, third down, single down, released. Down. The drum beat is almost like a hip-hop type groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. when you hear it, and I think that's Travis's influence for sure. Because right, he grew up listening to like rap, right? You know, he was like a punk guy, but he, he definitely is a big rap fan, and it shows here. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in the verses, in the musical parts. Um, this song's about a relationship, and here's a direct quote from Tom DeLonge. He says that this song is about a boy and girl in a car while it's raining outside, while this guy's saying and thinking these things about wanting to kiss her and, uh, sorry, my handwriting's bad, to kiss her (laughs) and make her stay. So it's like raining, he's like, he wants her to stay, he wants to kiss her. He's saying all these things to make her, while the rain's pouring down, um, but... Maybe it's not going to happen. Who knows? Yeah. Um, very popular song. It's, it's huge. It's a yes. live staple. Uh, the video is popular. Um, I like the song a lot. Just not one of my recommendations. Shall we move on? Is that the song where he says, This awkward silence makes, makes me crazy. crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you, when you think of an awkward silence when you're sitting alone with sitting a girl in a, car, in a car in the pouring yeah. rain. Like, yeah. I'll try and kiss you if, if you, you let me. Tidal waves, they rip right through me. <laughs> great chorus, great song. Yeah, superb. Um, moving on to track number seven, which is almost connected to track number six. This song mm-hmm. is called The Fallen Interlude. She must have said no. She must have said no. <laughs> uh, this song is... It's an instrumental. It's a, I'd say it's an outlier. It comes in with that drum beat. With a, a bass groove. Yep. And some weird guitar lines played over top of it. I really like it. I do song. too, but it's it's so different. Um, and there's this guy named Sick Jackson. He's from a rap group called Psycho Realm. I don't really know. Apparently they, they knew him. I don't him. know him either. Um, and he came in and, and sang the only lines on here, which are down, down, down. down. Pick, Pick me up, up I'm falling. And it just, yeah. he repeats that over and over again. So it's definitely connected to the previous song, Down. Let's move on to track number eight, which is called Go. Oh, yeah. Another recommendation. For me? <laughs> is this your fifth one? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to limit myself, man. Um, this is probably the fastest song on the album, I'd have to say. Yeah, I think so. Uh, fastest, I, quickest. Wish I, I wish it was longer. I do, too. I love this song. Um, it's hard to tell, but it sounds autobiographical from Mark's point yeah, of view. Yeah, I think so. I mean, one of the lines is him talking about... Um, like he even says his own Mom, name. Mom, let's get in the car and just drive away. She said, she said I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, Mark, but there's, there's nowhere to stay. Mm-hmm. Seems like some guy hurt his mom or something like yeah, that. Probably his either stepfather or actual father, father-in-law, yeah. who knows, um, comes in and is abusive towards his mother, and they they want to leave the abusive father, but then she realizes she can't Yeah. Uh, for some reason and gives up all hope and goes back inside. Yeah. Cut the... Cuts the engine, right? Uh, let her bleeding heart and let the engine die. Yeah, let the engine die, yep. So when you th- it's a really like kind of happy-sounding song, but when you listen to all the lyrics, like... This is Pretty not crazy. happy at all. Because yeah. this is like admitting defeat and going back to an abusive man. Yeah. Go, go, go. Because I want to go. go. 
I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And the music's great, and it's fast, and it's awesome. But it's such a like dark, not happy subject matter for a fast, upbeat, awesome song. Yeah. Um, let's move on to track number nine. Uh, another recommendation from me. <laughs> this song is called Asthenia. I believe I'm pronouncing Asthenia. that correct. Yeah, I think um, so. Fantastic the song. title is a term which is the breakdown of life in space. Um, that was in the liner notes. Tom said it's about, and a direct quote, an astronaut sitting in a space capsule about the size of a car floating above the Earth. He's contemplating if even coming back or not will make a difference on such a negative place. A song about the loss of hope. Hmm. That's a very life contemplative kind of thing. Yeah. Um, tonally, it's a little bit more spacey and atmospheric. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to be about a uh, astronaut in space. Uh, I think this is a definite precursor to the Angels and Airways Airways, music to come. Tom's next project. Um, The lyrics make total sense in that concept, that context when you listen to to what he's saying. Um, I love the bridge. Yeah. Because there's some awesome Paul Muta guitar parts. And it's just a, it's classic Blink-22 where there's no words in the bridge, but such a cool bridge. Like the way they wrote it just set up so well. And I like the hand claps in the song. Good song though. I like how it kind of it does. It's definitely a precursor to Angels and Airwaves, and it kind of sounds oh, sure. almost like thematically and and musically. yeah, definitely thematically and musically, and it it reminds me of just like an eighties pop song, but not as much as what's to come on track number <laughs> ten. Always my oh, next recommendation. Yeah. What a recommendation, great recommendation number recommendation six. number six. <laughs> Um, this is the fourth single from the oh, album. Such a great song. More of, like Jesse said, like an 80s pop song. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would say dancey, but maybe dancey. It's, it's I a, definitely dance to it whenever I'm listening to it. Oh, I dance to it, it but I, I I don't know if I would say it's like super dancey. But it, right. It, it's, it's not it's not dancey like electronic dancey. But as far as Blink-182 goes, this song is dancey. It's dancey. Yeah. Um, this song's about longing for an old relationship. Um, mm I love the the double time on the hi hats during the chorus. Yes. Come on, let me like when he really Come hits those hi hats. So hold you, tight you, feel you, always kiss you, paints new all night, always. So good, such a catchy song. Yeah. Um, not as as big like mainstream or charting wise than the previous singles, but I like it though. Oh, I do too. Such a great song. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a music video. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Mm-mm. And it's a split screen um, horizontally. So there's like three bars across yeah. the screen. And it's all about each of the band member trying to win the affection of the exact same girl. Oh, and really? the way they line it up, it almost looks like they're the same person until you see their faces. Oh, it, it's okay. so well put together and it's kind of comical, but it's it's a really, really cool video. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't seen it, give that a watch. I will. Well put together. Nice. Um, I don't have it written down here, but if you look at the liner notes on the the album, Mark said that there were four basses playing at the end. Yeah. Um, a regular bass, pl- uh, another one that was doubling a line, and then one that had like a synth, um, one that was like modded for a synth, or I don't know what pedal he's going through, that you can't tell it's a bass guitar. I think I saw um, it almost looks like a mix between a bass and a keytar. Because I think I saw the same, I saw what you're talking about in that little documentary. Oh, that would probably be it then. It was like a really weird, like square white base that had like golden keys on it. Mm-hmm. And the neck was like, I don't know. It looked, it looked weird. Yeah. But let's move on to track number 11, shall we? 
Yes. This song is called Easy Target, and it's another fast and aggressive song. Yeah. Um, this song is about a girl named Holly who's cunning and evil and looking to hurt somebody. Uh, I don't know if you found out what this song's about or not, did you? I did not, no. Um, you can kind of see in the liner notes what the story is, but if you look up even more, you can figure it out. Um, it's about Jerry Finn, their producer, who liked a girl in middle school, and she invited him over, but when he showed up, um, her and one of her friends sprayed him with a hose, and he like left really? being real embarrassed. Oh, my god! Yeah, I think her name was Holly, so... So that's one. That's why he they, they referenced being dry, yeah, uh, in the song because huh. he got hosed. So it's oh my gosh, not as sinister as the song makes it sound, but yeah, it definitely sounds more sinister. Yeah, yeah, like let her slip my throat, give her ammo if she'll use it. Caution yeah. on the run, lies, lies, and hidden danger. California is mommy's little monster, which that's a reference to a social distortion song called Mommy's Little Monster. Oh really? Yeah, um, but great song, and it ends on a. Uh, a little musical motif that goes do 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 and it slows and slows until it segues into track number twelve on an acoustic guitar that plays. And that song is called All of This. So it's a awesome segue between the two songs, beautifully made. Um, this song is another outlier, I'd say, on the, the album. It's it definitely slower. Is. Um, it's got some guest vocals again. It sure does. Very different from the guest vocals on the Fallen interlude. Um, these ones were sang by the lead singer from The Cure, Robert Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, both, awesome. at least Mark and Tom, I'm sure Travis was too, but they were huge fans of The Cure. Yeah. Um, and they said that they weren't sure that he would be interested because they thought... Like, if they were to inquire with him, they'd be like, oh, this Ben's a joke. I don't want this to Ben's do it. a joke. But he loved it, and he uh, recorded yeah. his stuff and sent it back to them. I love this. I love, love, love. His voice just works so well. And it's about Holly again when you listen to the chorus. Oh, really? Use me, Holly. Come oh, on Oh, that's in. what it is? Yeah, so it's tied to the last song again. So it's it's nice that they, they kind of brought that back. Interesting. Yeah. So, I love that song, though. Great song. Like, the, on, the only driving force in that song is, like, the drums. And his voice, pretty much. And it ends with just drums by itself on that yeah. song. Um, but after a so slow good. song, they got to pick it back up with track number 13 oh, yeah. called Here's Your Letter. Um, Here's a letter for you. But the words get confused and the conversation dies. Dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, this song's about agonizing over a broken relationship and wanting to fix it, but knowing that it's probably over. Yeah. Um, like talking about the letters. I can't let this kill me. Let go. Such a good song, and it's. it's I need all some marked. more time to fix this. It's a rager of a song. I love this yeah. one. Um, so it's nice that it's planted in between two of the slower songs. Yeah, definitely. The previous and the and next. The, last the next, which song. is the last song on the album, track number fourteen, which is called "I'm Lost Without You." Yeah. Um, good closer. It's again not what I would have expected from Blink. Exactly. Yeah, if yeah, I definitely. hadn't heard any of this album before. Um, and if you listen to their previous albums. All their last songs are fast, like intense mm-hmm. songs. Not like this at all. Yeah. Um. So this is maybe like the start of a new era of Blink. Maybe I don't know what they're going for here. Um, I think it works. Whatever they went for, they it nailed it. Uh, the, thematically, this is about a significant other dying and trying out, like, to figure out how to move or go on without them. Yeah. And it's it's uh, when I figured that out, I was like, oh, this is yeah kind of really sad. Yeah. <laughs> like I figured it was like about breaking up, but when you run it through the context of somebody's dead and you're trying to figure out how to pick up the pieces or move on without that. It's yeah, that'd be real dark. Very beautiful really song. Intense. Um, it, 
does pick up at the very end when the drums come in and it gets real intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis was playing two separate drum kits. I think he recorded the first part and according to the liner notes, they kind of scrapped that and, and put that out of his headphones and he just played to a click and, and did another. Oh, really? Again. Yeah. So Interesting. it's really cool hearing those two drum sets go off of each other. Um, all in all, great album. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Over 15 years later, still holds up. Yeah. The production value is great. Um, this is, is worth listening to. Um, Multiple times over. Especially if you can find one that's got the bonus track, Not Now. Uh, I think that's another killer song. We won't, we're not going to talk about that one because it's yeah. not on the album, but it's yeah. really good. If you can find uh, that song, listen to it. I think it should have been on the album. Um, but great album. Yeah. I, I've got nothing bad to say about it. Absolutely at all. Agreed. Um, if you look at the cover, you see that smiley face. It's the first time that they used that, and it kind of became their logo. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's okay. So it wasn't always their logo. No, someone I can't remember who penned this. I think in the documentary they touch on that. They probably it's do. like some artist who made that. Yeah, but someone remember. sent it and they loved it, and it just looks like it's kind of like stenciled graffiti on the the mm-hmm. cover. Yeah, it's even got some drippage going on. Yeah, uh, it was my very first tattoo. Yes, it was. Yeah, I, was I like, remember that. I'll never get a tattoo. And then I got a tattoo. And you're like, I'll get more tattoos. And after that, I was like, nah, one and done. And then a year later, I was like, I've got to get more. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get more. But I love this album. Um, so I'm not I. sure what we're going to do for one-offs in the future, but we have albums picked out for next week's episode. Yes, we it's do. another regularly scheduled podcast. Um, I've recommended the album... Um, What's it called? Brother... It's Dropkick Murphys, and the album is called. Hold on. Brother in the Warrior Code? So I've recommended an album for Jesse called The Warrior's Code by the Dropkick Murphys. It's a killer album. If you've never heard it, it's got the song Shipping Up to Boston. Fantastic. Yeah. And I believe that he had recommended for me an album by the Two Door Cinema Club called The Tourist is Alive, The Tourist Rides at Midnight. What's it called again, Jesse? <laughs> the tourist rides at midnight. Is that what it's called? <laughs> no. It's not called that. It's called tourist history. That's close. The tourist rides at midnight. Yeah. Two very different albums, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. But uh, along with the different albums, we'll both have our own separate different beers next week. Yes. Uh, any thoughts on this one? I think the maple comes through a lot more as it's kind of warmed up. Yeah, as it's warmed it's up, the maple little... comes through a lot more. And the booziness kind of goes away a little bit. No, I don't know if that's just because this beer is so old. Because how long have you had this beer? I've had this one for a little while. Yeah. Best guess? Let me see if I can find a date on the bottle. They should date their bottles. I think that's the law. But I've had it for a little while, so it might have rubbed off. Probably. So we know it's at least over a year, probably over two years old. Three years old even? Probably not three, maybe two. Two. Yeah, maybe maybe it lost some of its potency. Potent potables. Potent potables. Potent potables for 200, Trebek. I don't see it on here, but that's okay. We'll, we'll just guess. Let's say it's about two years old, probably. Yeah, let's say that. Or maybe if it was fresh, it would be way more intense. But yeah, or maybe probably, it's probably a good thing. A bit. Maybe it's a good thing that it mellowed out and the flavors were far too intense if it was fresh. <laughs> Either way... Good episode. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts before we sign off? Um, I just want to say that I had not listened to that album a lot before we were going to do this one-off, and I have been consistently playing it in my car. It's such a good album. Like when, really whenever is. I'm driving between things at work, it's just so good. I just literally on Pandora, you can add music to your queue, 
And I just have that in there like five times. Nice. <laughs> the whole and, album. And it's so it was, good. It was such a game changer for the pop punk scene. I yeah. For, the, for, the, for them as a band and just for everybody. After Enema of the State came out, there were so many bands that kind of emulated that exact same sound yes. over and over again. Um, so they, Blink they pushed themselves had to, take charge. To, to change. Yeah. And it worked. Big time. And this beer also worked. Big uh, but let's, time. Uh, let's finish, sign off, and then uh, cheers towards next week. Sounds good. Ah, once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beeby-day!